It's bad ink jam, but not as we know it. This is bad. Weekly Bashcast, brought to you by BookieBashing.net. This is big. Looking at next week's profits, last week's opportunities. Swap that around. Looking at next week's opportunities and last week's profits. I can't find a bed I want to keep at the beginning of the podcast. So we're going to go this week with Oscar's music. Bashcast episode number 115. The end justifies the means. Start putting up some um, live videos on the Bookie Bashing Facebook page just because it wasn't getting a lot of engagement and thought that might help. The one I did actually on Sunday, the live video, um, I explicitly said uh, Obemiang DDHH would be the bet of the day and the, Fred wasn't offering one in the Chelsea game. And then, of course, he, not only was he offering one in the Chelsea game, but Hazard became mega value. This music's ridiculous. It's faded to zero. Um... 4.5 to back. Came into 4.9. Kept on dropping. Against West Ham United. I watched the game as well. It's not like he was an out-and-out striker. But the value was definitely there. He finished his, Of course it finished nil-nil. After we scrambled around and got more money on him than we wanted to or we should have. That's the fun though. Maximising EV when the opportunity comes around. Saturday games are a little bit dry. It wasn't the biggest weekend of profit in the entire world. In fact, I don't think I made anything. Um, Spurs and both teams to score came in by the skin of its teeth against Brighton and Home Albion when their knockout scored for Brighton to make it 2-1 in the 93rd minute of the game. It was pretty much the only thing that came in for me on Saturday. That was at Red Army, and it wasn't even that huge. It was 3.75 to back, 3.55 to lay, so mugged the 3.75. Skybet had a late bet that we found. Um, Monomoy. Mononoi? Mono. M-O-N-O-M-O-Y, however you pronounce that. To win um, at Parks Racing in Philadelphia for whatever reason. It was a million dollar race. The Cotillion. And he was a 1.5 favourite, this horse. So Sky had Monomoy to win. And also Anthony Joshua to win by Knockout and TKO. Uh, the double at 6-4. to one of the two of them came in, I think it was the horse, to make it 2.5 to back 
the fair market price of about 2.25. So it was decent enough value. Bet on it. Um, and then Monomoy Girl. I struggle to say that word. Monomoy Girl uh, won the race. So that was looking good. But a steward's ruling reversed the result on the racetrack because... Monomoy girl was judged culpable of interfering with her rival Midnight Basu and so was demoted to second. So that bet loses and then Anthony Joshua wins by knockout uh, in round seven off the top of my head. And then I log on to Sky the next day and I find out that they have paid out on that bet and there's been no announcement of it. It was a justice payment or a first past the post payment, which doesn't really apply in boosts and things like that. If it was a mistake or whatever, but I left the money in there, um, and a week later it's still there. So I assume that they're just gonna leave this with me. I'm not gonna get in touch with them. I mean, if it was an obvious mistake, I might, but this isn't an obvious mistake. This could just be, I don't know. <laughs> I'm holding on to that 250 quid with dear life. I think if I'd made more money on Saturday, it would have been different, <laughs> possibly. So it was sort of dry. And then uh, Sunday night, what happened Monday, Tuesday. Last night was the League Cup. We didn't see as much movement in the League Cup as we did in the second round. Um, but the third round, um, Tottenham drew with Watford. West Ham put eight versus Macclesfield Town. That was boosted West Ham to win both halves, but it was like 2.1, 1.9, so you're not going to get rich that quickly betting at 11 to 10. Still never understand that £100 is accepted on a special at 11 to 10, and £100 is accepted on a special at 10 to 1. Because it should be by liability, but I'm glad that it isn't, because I don't want to bet £100 at even money. So um, Spurs and Watford ruined the trebles on Wednesday night. Manchester United ruined the trebles the night before when they got knocked out by Derby when they were down to 10 men. Scottish League treble came in last night. The Celtic Rangers and Hearts was 3.5. It was barely touching 3.4. It was really thin. It was just something to bet on. That was at Fred. It wasn't good in the middle of the day. It came good just before kickoff. And also Paris Saint-Germain to win and both teams to score against Reims last night. Well, Reims went 1-0 up in the second minute and Paris then scored two by the 20th minute. So I love it when the 1-10 to favourite is 2-1 up in the 20th minute when I'm on them to win and both teams to score. Again, not huge. It was 11-4, to sorry, 7-4 to at Red Army bet where the max is 50 quid. So all of these drip, drip, dripping small amounts of profit, but really they were just paying for the losing mugs. I'm not going to pretend it was a huge weekend. It wasn't. It was kind of a break-even week, which is fine. We've, we've had big win, big win, big win, big win, big win. I'll take the bad times to be break-even so we can get back um, to the big win. So that was that. There were, uh, the NFL was a lot kinder to us, though. Um, I didn't mention last week, there was this funny story. The Buffalo Bills cornerback, Vontae Davis, retired at half-time in week two in the NFL when the Bills lost 31-20 to the Los Angeles Chargers. So Davis, he started the game but said he had an honest moment with myself during it and told the side's coach, Sean McDermott, that he was done. 
later issued an apology, uh, a statement saying he didn't intend to show any disrespect to his teammates or his coaches. This was an overwhelming decision, but I'm at peace with myself, he said. Vontae Davis made his NFL debut 10 years ago uh, and said he could no longer physically compete at the highest level. It's more important for me and my family to walk away healthy than to willfully embrace the warrior mentality and limp away too late. But the Bills were trailing 28-6 and he just quit at half-time where he made his decision. So Bills linebacker Lorenzo Alexander said that he had found out during the second half of the game. I've never seen that. I don't know. I don't have nothing to say about Vonte, he told ESPN. I'm going to give him a little bit more respect than he showed us today as far as quitting in the middle of the game. Isn't that extraordinary? William Hill had three team travel up, which was, we discussed this last week, in fact. It was the Saints, the Chiefs, who walked away 38 27 against the 49ers. Um, and the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins are one of three teams left who have won all three games. I can't believe it. So I'm on any team to go 16-0, and nil, win all 16 games and lose none over the 16-game season, which is my fun NFL bet. Last year, it was on a, a team to go 0-16, and 16, lose them all, and Browns did that for me. This season, I've gone the other way around, 16-0, and nil, which hasn't happened since 2007. The Patriots did it. Well, after three weeks, I can't believe I'm only down to three teams, the Chiefs and the Saints, who were in this treble on Sunday, and unbelievably, the Miami Dolphins. So the Chiefs and the Saints are the top of the market for the Super Bowl winner. Not the Chiefs and the Saints, the Chiefs and the Rams. The Los Angeles Rams are the massive favourites now. They're down at 9-2. Patriots have drifted up from 75 to 11.5 after an awful start to the season. I was on the Patriots handicap line um, against the spread against the Detroit Lions, and they lost 26-10 against the Detroit Lions. Hint, the handicap line wasn't set at minus 15.5, unfortunately. So, yeah... Um, the Rams, the Chiefs are the two at the top of the market. The Dolphins are 42 to 1. 41 to 1 on the exchange. And there are my three teams left. I've got to go another 13 games with one of those teams going 13 and 0. I'm not too confident about that bet anymore. So William Hill had the Dolphins, the Chiefs, and the Saints boosted to 11 to 2. And a fair price for them was 5.3. Unfortunately, it's a tenner only, which is so boring. Um, Matchbook were kind enough to put up the treble, and there was a lot of volatility in the market. You could go, have got as high as six, so someone's backing at 6.5 at William Hill and laying off at six on Matchbook. Whoopee for them. Um, but I got my bet in at 5.9 after commission. That was still valuable um, at Matchbook. And that turned into a decent four-figure payday when the Dolphins, Chiefs, and Saints all won. But what a game it was with the Saints. That was a television game as well. It went to overtime. But it seemed like during the four quarters, every time one of the teams, it was the Saints versus the Atlantic Falcons, one of the teams had possessions, they went up and scored. 80 points in this game. Saints won the coin flip in 
overtime. Um, drove forward. Kamara initially got a touchdown pass, and then that was meant to be it. The same, the Saints went forty-three thirty-seven. So Sky Sports Red Zone then cut to the next match, which had already started, and then dragged it back because the touchdown was rescinded, unbelievably. Um, and then Drew Brees had a one-yard run to go over, and the Saints won for a second time. Unfortunately, the treble wasn't paid out twice, but it was um, that was where the profit came from me this weekend. Anyway. Um, that William Hill bit, not necessarily from William Hill, but backing it for much, much larger stakes um, for a little bit shorter price at Matchbox. It's the Ryder Cup tomorrow. Its natural environment is in the hall. So why don't you send him home? His bags are packed. He's got his airplane tickets. Bring him to the airport. Send him home. <laughs> send him home. I just send him home. Time to go home there, ball. Son of a bitch, ball. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. Suck my white ass, ball. Got a little bit of value already. A lot of it's been actually on Europe to uh, win. Because the smart money has smashed them in completely. So um, I didn't even need to take a boost. I took 2.45 at Viral Interactive, Red Army Bet, etc. Um, wasn't a boost price, so I could get a really decent stake on that. Not too much fear that it will damage my account. Although, if you looked at my account, it's like every other bet is enhanced odds. So it's probably too little too late if that's the route they're going down. Um... Europe were smashed in to as far as 2.3. And that was from 2.7 as well. It really came down. And now it's just sort of settled off at 2.36. So I'm happy with my 2.45. If I bet on that every single time, then I'm going to show profit in the long run. Um, relatively decent uh, boost today at Coral and Ladbrokes in store as well if you could invent a time machine and get there before 2pm and then somehow persuade the staff how to find them because they've got Thomas, Justin Thomas top scorer for USA at 8-1 7.8 fair market price and they've got Tommy Fleetwood top European scorer up at 10-1 8.2 fair market price on the exchange, 134% EV don't see too many of those um, so I went into the store. Um, there's two Ladbrook shops in my local town. The first one said it's uh, there's no boosts. And I was about to give up, and then it came up on the screen. So I pointed at the screen, and then they said it's grid cards only. And it's not grid card only. But I couldn't think of a clever way of suggesting that my... Um, professional gambling syndicate who i'm linked with on whatsapp uh were getting on without and telling me that i didn't need my grid card there was no polite way of saying that to the staff fortunately there was a second um ladbrooks in the village i went to that one and they also wanted a grid card so i just signed up and um managed to get on uh one of the two before the 2 p.m expired uh, Sky bet, I've got a decent um, bet up as well for day one. So the four balls are in the morning, the foursomes in the afternoon, and Europe to win both of them up at 8.5. I make it 7.4 fair market price, although the four ball was quite gappy. 
Um, so it could be possibly a little bit off there, but it should, it, whatever it is, it should still be value. Um, and then the other two, Europe by one to three points at William Hill, five to back, four point seven to eight, and also Europe um, to win up to sixteen twelve, fourteen point five, thirteen point five, up to sixteen twelve. Um, was boosted midweek at Skybet. I think it was four point five. It was four point five off the top of my head. That was decent. That's gone now though. So. Um, so what's going on here? Well, one, uh, all the bookmakers are going to boost Europe because it's Europeans betting on them. Uh, but also the smart money has been driving them in. So you've got a combination of things there which are putting us into a place where we can bet on Europe uh, and support Europe and hope they win. Is Tiger Woods going to be top scorer for the USA? That's 8.4 on the exchanges. 8 to 1 is available in a couple of bookmakers mr green have had him up um and netbet had him up uh, eight to one i do know both of those aren't great limits but when it's eight to one it's normally not too bad is it so really hoping for a european victory where is the value going to be other than mugging europe um probably uh there'll be some multiples coming up in the next few days but very difficult to know ahead of time um, where the value is going to be. Haven't seen any extra places again on the Ryder Cup. Absolute joke. If you ask me. Happened. They wouldn't let me play on the Pro Tour anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Because you're black? Hell no. Damn alligator bit my hand off. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, last time Europe won. Uh, sorry, USA won on European soil the belfry in 1993 klf still had a million pounds in the bank and are only just started toying with the idea of burning it on that scottish island raheem sterling wasn't born yet nobody had heard of the spice girls one pound was worth eight french francs president of france emmanuel macron was actually still in high school doing his exams and Culture Beat were number one with Mr. Vane. Urban Cookie Collective, by the way, were number eight with the key secret. And Boom Shake the Room was at number 12. Midweek in the horse racing. So William Hill released flash odds every day, I think. I, th I say I think because I don't follow or subscribe to them. So they'll take a horse and they will boost the price of the horse. Hooray. I can't think of anything more damaging to an account. If you've got access to 800 William Hill accounts, then be my guest and smash each one of these. I just can't, personally, I can't think of any way of damaging an account more. And actually, someone that I see post these all the time on a forum, he is a proponent of doing these but not doing the Fred specials, which is just insane because I've been doing Fred specials on the same account for the best part of six years and he takes £100 from me every single time. So I don't... Uh, I don't follow his logic. But regardless, he William Hill do boost these. So um, on the 26th of September, which was yesterday, just before lunch, they boosted on top of the world to win in the 3.15 at Perth. So um, what happens here is as soon as the horse is announced that's being that's being boosted. If you look at the exchange, something funny happens and that horse starts to drift in price. And the reason it starts to drift in price is everyone backs it at William Hill 
and they start laying it on the exchange and all the lay money starts to disappear until that lay price is the back price and we have a new higher lay price that's what happens and then the price drips up drifts up and up and up because more layers enter the market so there's a degree of um predictability that uh, the price will start to rise uh, and then when we reach tipping point it will peak and then it will come back down to normality so you have a trading game you can play here you could um wait until the price appears to be artificially high uh, and then you can back it and then when the price comes crashing back down as it inevitably will when normality Rains when all the layers have left the market, then you will have a lower price at which you can lay it. So you've backed at a high price, you can lay at a low price, and you've got yourself a risk-free sort of underlay trade for whatever horse is boosted to win. Um, takes a little bit of practice, a little bit of patience. It's not the hardest strategy in the world, and it's one that um, yesterday lunchtime, Duncan saw that on top of the world in the 315 was boosted. He saw the price drift upwards, and so he made a judgment that um, at 12.06 p.m. at lunchtime, that price was high enough, and it was probably going to come bouncing back down. So he backed at 2.64. He backed £1,000, and he went to have a coffee and talk to his clients and do whatever Duncan does. I don't know what he does. Except he made one glaring error. He forgot all about it and continued with his day. So he didn't put the lay price in. So the 3.15 at Perth went ahead and on top of the world finished in first position. So that's £1,000 on on top of the world at 2.64. It's all right for some, I'll tell you that. Amazingly, by the way, that is just staking um, at full Kelly. We realised if you had a bankroll of £11,094.10, full Kelly would suggest the 115% EV stake. Back odds were 2.64, implied lay there was 2.3, so it's 115%. It's just full Kelly. Who knew that we had a Kelly Criterion calculator up at BoogieBashing.net? Not me, so I went and asked um, Duncan to write one the other day, and he pointed to one towards the one that already existed. That's fun. <laughs> Some people have asked me about bankroll management recently, so let's have a look at bankroll management. Okay, whilst we're here, before the break. So, most people have heard of the Kelly Criterion. If you haven't... John Kelly, in 1956, wrote a paper called A New Interpretation of Information Rate. Uh, this was when he was working for AT&T, and the paper was to assist with signal noise issues over long-distance telephone lines. Um, however, and this is the signal and the noise, the principles in the paper were picked up by the gambling community who realized it could be used as a basis for a betting system in horse racing because there are two basic components of the Kelly criterion, a win probability and a win-loss ratio. And the equations kind of represented by Kelly percentage equals the win probability 
minus one minus the win probability over the win loss ratio. What does that mean in real terms? It means the higher the expected value, the more you should bet relative to your bankroll. That's what the Kelly percentage is. It represents the mathematically optimal size of bets relative to a bankroll that you should take on a bet. And the higher the EV of the bet, uh, in other words, the higher the odds you've been given in in relative to the percentage of the event happening, the more you should bet. Now, it is very aggressive. It's a mathematical strategy, and it would have you bet up to 25% of your bankroll on real EV plus EV events uh, with no concern for how you're going to feed your poor children when the team keep conceding in the 96th minute and the coin flip goes against you 12 times in a row. So most practical staking plans have you bet a fraction of Kelly. Um, and most staking plans do warn about the imposition of Kelly because of the difficulty of estimating the expected value of sports bets. And those protagonists are American, and the USA is not exposed to betting exchanges. So we have the advantage of that exposure to betting exchanges. And so we have a solid benchmark of EV, which is out of their comprehension, um, especially in efficient markets. So using our e EV rating system, you know, 110% when divided by the lay price, we have the ability of coming up with that win-loss ratio and the actual probability of the event happening. Now, what is our average EV? Well, fortunately, we've got two years of betting on value mugs, over 2,000 bets. Uh, the average EV was 113.6%. So using that, we've come up for with a rule for bankroll management if you're betting on value mugs. And it is definitely fractional Kelly, but we are going to use this idea that we should be betting more at higher EV. So let's start with the basics. Here's a simple rule. Take your bankroll. Have you got £10,000? So that's your bankroll. And I hope that's not all the money you have in the entire world. That's your betting bankroll because you need to be able to lose this. I don't, I'm hesitant to use the word comfortably, but it shouldn't kill you if you lose it. It shouldn't, you know what I mean. Now, when we are talking about stakes, we need to be talking about liability, not back stakes, because we better odds varying from two to 200. Uh, so we wouldn't put a pound on it. 200 to 1 and a pound on it 2 to 1, would we? Instead, we an efficient staking plan would put a pound on it 200 to 1 and 100 pounds on it 2 to 1 because the liability of each bet is 200 pounds. And therefore, the, if the EV is the same, the risk is the same there. So we talk about liability. And to deal with the downswings that we have betting 113.6%, we should be betting to win... 2% of our bankroll and liability. So if we have a bankroll of £10,000, we should be betting to win, on average, £200. Uh, by betting at this level, we could go through a couple of extreme downswings and not have to drop down in stake. I'm looking at the downswings here. Here's the worst downswings that we had over the first two years. The sixth worst downswing was 44 x and the worst downswing was 6.2 x so if we're betting to win 200 pounds the worst downswing was 1200 quid 
And that's quite a safe boundary. If we've got a £10,000 bankroll, our worst downswing in the first years was 1200 quid. But standard deviations suggest that one day we could have a £2,000 or even £4,000 downswing. And then we would definitely want to have the buffer of a ten grand bankroll to cover that. So the average should be about to win 2%. But the higher the EV, the more we should bet. Uh, and we suggest that once we're at 120 to 130%, 2.5%. That's how much we should be winning. Over 130%, 3% of our bankroll. Over 140%, 4% of our bankroll. Once we reach 150%, Kelly and Bookie Bastion suggest that we aim to win 5% of our bankroll. So if we've got £10,000, aim to win 500 quid. Now, your biggest problem isn't going to be surviving the variance. Your biggest problem is going to be getting enough money on to win 5% of your bankroll because 150% EV bets are rare and they exist in a world with very small limits. The Sky Bet price boosts, the William Hill headline price boosts, these are 150% occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally. And any reasonable bookie basher or professional advantage player is going to have a bankroll that is such that 5% of their bankroll is going to be much more than the limits provided either by Skybet or William Hill. So the hard thing is going to be to get the money down, not to survive the downswings. Careful on exclusivity. The same team's going to feature in multiple bets occasionally. Like last weekend, we discussed Arsenal featured everywhere. Um, and they were 1.9 against Newcastle, just short of a coin flip. So if we stake on every one of those to win 2% of our bankroll and Arsenal lose, we could lose 6% of our bankroll, 10% of our bankroll. You know, that, that could be quite a big hit, losing 10% of our bankroll on one team winning and that team is 1.9. So be very careful about exclusivity and put a cap on it. Uh, I suggest maybe putting a cap of, you know, 5 or 10% per team at the very most. And if you are risk adverse, you might want to come down a little bit from there. Shop coupons are a slightly diff different kettle of fish because it's very difficult to work out exposure, especially since teams are always in trebles and we've got numerous trebles. But as a rule of thumb, I would be looking with a £10,000 bankroll at sort of betting between 4% if it's low odds on a slip. So 400 quid down to 0.5%. You know, if you've got a slip that is 50 to 1, 100 to 1, you don't want to be betting more than 50 quid if your bankroll is £10,000. So for shop coupons, between half a percent and 4% per bet. And for normal other value mugs, you want to be looking at between 2 and 5% in liability of your bankroll. To survive the losing ones. Okay. Hope that hope that clears something up. I promised someone I would have a quick discussion on bankroll management this week, and that's probably enough to take us to the break. So, guys, you are listening to the Bashcast, and it's brought to you by Bookie Bashing. Don't.
back to the Bashcast. That was Paradise by Kaz James and Nick Morgan. 2018. In the bookie bashing news. 20 cognitive biases that screw up your decision making. So I had a look through these. And it's quite useful to sort of study these and see how many you recognize in yourself. And then if you recognize in any, any of them, take them, extract them, and work on them. So we've got 20 to get through here. Number one, anchoring bias. This is people are over-reliant on the first piece of information they hear. In a salary negotiation, whoever makes the first offer establishes a range of reasonable possibilities in each person's mind. Now, my, my, my very first job, someone asked me, um, I was straight out of university, they asked me what my salary expectations were. I lowballed it so hard so as not to price myself out of the market. I probably did myself damage for the next decade with that. Uh, number two, availability heuristics. So people overestimate the importance of information that is available to them. A person might argue that smoking is uh, not unhealthy because they know someone who lived to 100 and smoked three packs a day. Number three, bandwagon effect. The probability of one person adopting a belief increasing increases based on the number of people who hold that belief. This is a powerful form of groupthink and is the reason why meetings are often unproductive. Number four, blind spot bias. Failing to recognize your own cognitive biases is a bias in itself. People notice cognitive and motivational biases much more in others than in themselves. Number five, choice supportive bias. This is when you choose something and you tend to feel positive about it even though the choice has flaws. Like how you think your dog is awesome even if it bites people every once in a while. Number six, clustering illusion. This is the tendency to see patterns in random events. It's a key to various gambling fallacies, like the idea that red is more or less likely to turn up on a roulette table after a string of reds. Number seven, confirmation bias. We tend to listen only to information that confirms our preconceptions. One of the many reasons it's so hard to have an intelligent conversation about climate change. Number eight, conservatism bias where people favor prior evidence over new evidence or information that has emerged. People were slow to accept that the Earth was round because they maintained their earlier understanding that the planet was flat. Number nine, information bias. The tendency to seek out information when it does not affect action. More information is not always better. With less information, people can often make more accurate predictions. Number 10, the ostrich effect. The decision to ignore dangerous or negative information or burying one's head in the sand like an ostrich. Research suggests that investors check the value of their holdings significantly less during bad markets. Number 11, outcome bias. Judging a decision based on the outcome rather than how exactly the decision was made in the moment. Just because you won a lot in Vegas doesn't mean gambling your money was a smart decision. Number 12, overconfidence. Some of us are too confident about our abilities, and this causes us to take greater risks in our daily lives. Experts are more prone to this bias than lay people, since they are more convinced that they are right. Number 13, the placebo effect. When simply believing that something will have 
a certain effect on you causes it to have that effect. In medicine, people given fake pills often experience the same physiological effects as people given the real thing. Number 14, pro-innovation bias. When a proponent of an innovation tends to overvalue its usefulness and undervalue its limitations. Sound familiar, Silicon Valley? Number 15, recency bias. The tendency to weigh the latest information more heavily than older data. Investors often think the market will always look the way it does today and make unwise decisions. Number 16, salience. Our tendency to focus on the most easily recognisable features of a person or concept. When you think about dying, you might worry about being mauled by a lion as opposed to what is statistically more likely, like dying in a car accident. Number 17, selective perception. Selective perception. Allowing our expectations to influence how we perceive the world. An experiment involving a football game between students from two universities showed that one team saw the opposing team commit more infractions. 18. Stereotyping. Expecting a group of person to have certain qualities without having real information about this person. It allows us to quickly identify strangers as friends or enemies, but people tend to overuse and abuse it. Number 19, survivorship bias. An error that comes from focusing only on surviving examples, causing us to misjudge a situation. For instance, we might think that being an entrepreneur is easy, because we haven't heard of all of those that failed. And number 20, zero risk bias. Sociologists have found that we love certainty, even if it's counterproductive. Eliminating risk entirely means that there is no chance of harm being caused. Are there any edge biases anywhere? There are edges everywhere. Are you a drug Overlord, perhaps you have connections with a heroin smuggling ring with the Boko Haram in East Africa, or maybe you are part of a Mexican cartel with a sophisticated series of tunnels under the US border and maintain allegiances with El Chapo, Joaquin Guzman. Perhaps you're a kingpin with the Sicilian Mafia crime syndicate involved in protection racketeering and the kidnapping of millionaires. Or maybe you manage heroin exports for senior war-scarred soldiers of the Taliban, brazenly manipulating the weak, war-torn borders of Afghanistan to flood the world with your opium syrup. Well, listen, if you fall into one of those categories you're going to need to launder your money. And have I got a suggestion for you? There is no better way to launder your millions than through one pound hands of blackjack or 50 pence spins of Flowers at Christmas on the Nectan Casino Network. Just make sure you don't fall foul of an investigation under anti-money laundering and counter-terrorism financing guidelines, because from that point, all of your activities, livelihoods, and criminal aspirations will all come screeching to a halt, thanks to the good sleuth-like investigative work of the Ladbrokes customer service team. This public service broadcast was brought to you by Fluffy Favourites and Cleopatra. 
Fluffy Favourites and Cleopatra, a slot for three-year-olds, and a slot based on Egyptian hieroglyphics that look almost identical, bewildering the player into a coma-induced submission. What is coming up in the bookie-bashing world this weekend? Well, you don't have to ask about the golf. It is the four balls in the morning and the foursomes in the afternoon. Steady. Uh, the Saturday lunchtime game, West Ham versus Manchester United. I don't get why Man United are 1.93. Feels like they should be a little bit higher away to West Ham. The evening game is Chelsea-Liverpool, who played last night and they play again tomorrow. Markets can't really separate those two teams. Game of the weekend, of course, is Newcastle versus Leicester. Another game, actually, which they struggle to separate. Man City played Brighton. Brighton are 38 on the exchanges. You rarely see teams in top divisions outside of La Liga anyway. As, a, as long shot as 38, but you can't see Brighton getting much out of that game. Only one game on Sunday. Cardiff Burnley. Bournemouth Palace is the Monday night game, and that's because Champions League comes back next week. Whatever it is that you're betting on, do make sure it's value. This is Tom signing out. Did the calls back in somewhere? I don't remember my entire life. I just